Is there like a timestamp where I have to get to it? No. Can I just say it right fucking now? Get it over with? Yes. Starling so, says yes. This is the TPH podcast. Here's my little intro. <laughs> Today we have Sterling Justice with us. And uh, we're just going to get into all the dirty, dirty little secrets of Sterling's background. I don't know if we should go that far <laughs> in it. <laughs> but anyways, I think the stereotypical thing for predator hunters is let's start with when did you start predator hunting? I've been doing it for a while. I mean, not as like a hobby, like in high school, but I really started pursuing them in 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was your first predator hunt? Do you recall that one? I'd, uh, I'd just gotten my first bolt action rifle and it was a 22-250 Remington left-handed cause I shoot left-handed. Weirdo. And, um, we were working down in Carlsbad and I just got excited in that weekend Decided, hey, let's go call some coyotes because I heard a bunch of people calling coyotes and bobcats out there. That's real good country. Well, about six minutes in, and I remember this like it was yesterday. And it's real hilly. There's dunes out there. Yeah, you know they slip in and out and get your wind real quick. And I remember seeing something, so I get on my scope to look a little closer, and I saw ears, and I couldn't really tell what it was because it's, you know, what that country looks like—the yeah. dunes, oh, yeah. the the sagebrush all that and then next thing i know it disappeared for a little bit and then all of a sudden popped up like right in front of us which is probably 60 yards Mm -hmm. and i didn't know what to do this is my first (laughs) called cow and i'm like i froze i look at it and he busts me he gets out of there and of course he gets behind the next dune and i never got shot off but yeah that was that was it one. pissed me off too at the same time because <laughs> I'm like, man, yeah. my first one. That's what I really wanted to lay him down, but that's what really got me going. Were you mouth calling? I was. I'm assuming, and it was with a uh, scary. Is that yeah, that? scurry. They're scurry. I think it's scurry. I'm not sure, but I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's a little bitty, and it was a. Uh, it was one of the bite calls. Yeah, that rubber piece. Yeah, you know, was that pretty early on, or was that after you like you know got a little bit more serious or? That was that was when, I because I used to be big into waterfowl hunting. That mm-hmm. was kind of like my bread and butter. Yeah, uh, did a lot of guiding in that, and I didn't do much duck hunting after that, or goose hunting. Yeah, that that got me hooked, and uh, just the initial calling something in. I mean, which you know, duck hunting is the same way you're calling, but yeah, it's nothing like that because you see the you know you see the geese and the ducks in there, and having something potentially just slip in and out or you're on the, you're the prey at that point. Once you start blowing. Yeah. So it's a whole nother level for me. That is how I looked at it. And it was a a good challenge. Right. Where would, uh, where did MFK come in? So I kind of just did my own thing. I was, I was doing on the weekends with my buddies, just hunting for fun. Yeah. And I don't remember the year, but Gander mountain used to run a contest a coyote contest and i just heard about it this and that and then i heard of course just like anything everybody's cheating everybody's cheating they're showing up everybody's cheating which i don't that as far as i know they wasn't running no polygraph or anything at the gander um i drove by a couple weigh-ins but i never entered it and i guess it was um 2000 
13. So there used to be a predator hog hunting expo. Yeah. It was down in Waco. Yeah. Um, I think it originated in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then um, I can't remember the guy's name that bought it. But anyways, it he, he bought it. It's in Waco. And it was just a stage calling competition. Right. So I, I looked it up. I missed 2012. And I wanted to enter it. So I started doing some research about it. Well, I look on there, and MFK is just wiping the table with yeah, everybody. Yeah. Their vocals, distress, every YouTube channel that I looked at about that Waco contest, yeah, they were just cleaning house. Yeah, And I had never blown a diaphragm. No turkey diaphragm or anything. Mm-hmm. And this was two weeks before the contest. <laughs> so I called Tori. I didn't know him. Uh his own personal cell phone was on the website. Yeah. Talked to him and asked some questions, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I've been looking at y'all on YouTube. Um, I was going to enter this contest. So he's like, he, he hooked me up. He said, you know, this call, this call, this call. So I ordered them. He, he overnights them, gets them to me quick. Cause he knows it's short notice. And I was driving a lot back and forth from Carlsbad. Yeah. And, um, I was doing a lot of windshield time. So, I'm recording myself. Of course, it sounds like crap in the truck. Yeah. I'm playing it back, this and that, trying to teach myself how to blow a diaphragm, how to even just make a sound. Right. And um, I got pretty good at it, to be honest with you. Um, and, of course, me, my personality, I'm like, whatever. It, I, I'm going to do it. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it all the way. Yeah. So me and my wife, we, we drive down to Waco and get on stage. Um, I ended up taking third place in the world. In, two weeks prior. In two weeks, two weeks prior. It's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jason grows close. Matter of fact, we, my wife posted that the other day, um, just a memory on Facebook that, and I didn't have Facebook at the time. Well, I remember talking to Jason. Jason grows close. After that, he said, "Your pup distress sounded just like Tory Cook's last year." Mm-hmm. I said, "That's what I tried to do." I looked at his YouTube video. <laughs> I tried to mimic yeah. it, and I ain't gonna lie. The judges down there. Of course, a lot of people back then, which we still have a lot of haters nowadays, but right. a lot of people did not like MFK, right? especially that time. And so all the judges knew, like they could tell who was blowing an MFK diaphragm or who it was. And I think Jason told me, he was like, they knew you were blowing that diaphragm from MFK, so you took third place. <laughs> he said I got first. But, but no, Kerry Wayne and Seth Jolly ended up getting first and second, and they're part of the MFK crew yeah. also. Uh and they, they did beat me. I'm not trying to take first place from them, but they did great. And I remember right after that, Tori come up to me, and he was like, man, that was a good job. He said, come come back to my booth. And so I go over there, me and my wife, and I didn't know what – at the time, I, like pro staff, like you heard about it, yeah. this and that, but it, yeah. like, I didn't really know what it entailed, right. anything. And so he's just – talking to me, this and that. And of course, the way he described it, he didn't even describe it like most companies that do do pro staff. It's more of a, dude, you're part of the crew now. Right. You know, it's just, there's a buddy thing. Yeah. Like, and his circle is small. Yeah. yeah. And so he he asked me to be a part of the team. And I, that was actually the first weekend I met Kreiner. He was, him and Stearman was there. Um, But yeah, after that, uh, kind of the rest is history. Good group of guys. Yeah. You know, 
they'll do anything for me. Um, it built a brotherhood with them. That's what I've done. Right. Great company. Yeah. Uh, they're rough around the edges, but we all are, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people, they hold it against them, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> they are, they are quite, kind of large people. Yes. And I don't mean like, <laughs> I don't mean like fat, uh, <laughs> They work out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, in the predator hunting, the hunting industry alone, it's gotten better over the years. Mm-hmm. But especially back when they kind of first come on the scene and it's being known, you know, they're going to get a lot of hate just for being in shape. That's, that's, all that's where it derived from. Yes, you sir. know, and, and, but at the end of the day, I, we've done quite a bit of business with MFK. We sell quite a few of their mm-hmm. uh, diaphragms every year. They send us Christmas cards every year. They're great people. Uh, very nice people. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with him and his wife. I'm assuming that's his wife. Tori Lynn. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, never had any issues out of like whatsoever. They're super nice people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, there's always going to be people that are hating on you, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they hate success or whatever mm-hmm. their problem is. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, you know, Ben's most of them's pretty. Well, a lot of it was just their attitude. You know, they're. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the same thread, dude. I'm a lot of people say I'm cocky. I'm, uh, I, and I am, I'm not going to lie in certain aspects, but, uh, <laughs> well, confidence I mean, is, yeah. is most of it, you know? And, uh, that's where a lot of that hate came right. from. You know, yeah. when did you do some cage fighting? Oh, <laughs> or uh, did you, yes. I know there's pictures out there yes. of you in a cage. I was living in Alaska. I moved up there. I was building houses in Lubbock and I moved up there. I needed to make some more money, pay off some debt. So I just packed ship and left me and Neely was dating, dating me at the time. Mm-hmm. She jumps in the truck, single cab Chevy drives 4,000 miles with me, stays in the tent for two weeks. <laughs> and you don't get no better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that when you know she was a keeper? Yes. <laughs> and I was save, trying to save money as much as I could. Uh, I actually lived in a tent because um, it's not weather up there in the, in the summertime. It's June. Yeah. When I went up there, it's, it's like 40 degrees at night. It's perfect for camping. So I just lived in a tent and until I could, you know, potentially find a little cabin outside of town or something. Right. For And I did that for two months. And uh, I was driving through the Ford parking lot in Fairbanks, Alaska, and just looking at new trucks, you know, dreaming. That's what I was doing. Right. Because uh, I couldn't afford one. <laughs> and some guy come walking out limping with a black eye, a bunch of marks on his neck and face and stuff. So we just kind of started bullshitting. And he was like, yeah, I was in a cage fight this weekend, blah, blah, blah at the Carlson <laughs> Center. And I was like, no shit. Where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> so... So were you into any kind of martial arts or anything? You're no, like, I won't no, do that. I just like to fight. To be honest, I, well, seems I like good. To, sport. I used to go look at it, looking <laughs> for him. <laughs> um, no, and he he told me there's a an event coming up. I think it's a month later, and uh, he was like, "Man, there's a gym you can come to if you want to go, you know, grapple a little bit." Well, I went two or three times, and then that weekend it was supposed to come up. I was actually working. And the fight card was already made. And then Saturday morning, he just called me and was like, hey, we got a guy that bailed. You want to fight? He's in your same weight class. I said, yeah, what time? He goes, 
I need you at Carlson Center at five. So I took off at uh, lunch that day. Go buy me some board shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and no cardio, no nothing, man. And get in there. There's 30,000 people in this event. And oh. there's a couple pro fighters. Dennis Hallman, he's a ex-UFC fighter. Yeah. Um, he come down there a lot. He trained in Seattle and Fairbanks. And, yeah, I do this smoke running through the smoke to the cave. Like, it was a big deal, just like you see on, right. you know, UFC now. Was you nervous? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it didn't really ever click. It didn't really hit me until I get in the cage, the other opponent's in the cage, and they shut that gate. Yeah. Knowing you ain't getting out of it. Like, there's yeah. no, like, hey, can I go? Which, that wasn't even an option, you know. Right. It, it never even crossed my mind. But that's when the adrenaline hit. Yeah. And, uh. I ended up losing that fight. Um, I gassed out in the second round. Yeah, the ref just called it. He said, "I he, both my eyes were looking both directions." And yeah, uh, I was still trying to fight. I just couldn't go no more. But right, it's a good one. I broke the guy's nose and hurt him pretty bad. Uh, they actually took a picture of me in in the Alaska MMA magazine when I was picking him up, and his blood was running down my back, and it, the picture was white and black. It looks like a tribal tattoo on my back. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But I'm glad I fought him then. His name was Walter. Uh, yeah. Good dude. You know, after the fight, me and him hung out at the bar and stuff. And two years later, I met him again, and he was training for those two years. And that boy got some fast hands. So I'm glad I fought him then <laughs> instead of later. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have had much of a shot. <laughs> But I ended up fighting six fights total up there. It was it's more just a hobby. I just I didn't really ever train for it. I just kind of liked to get in there, yeah. and uh, I had two losses. I had it was four and two. So did you get uh, what was the other loss? Uh, rear naked choke. I said that guy. That was a frustrating one. Oh, I imagine. Yes. So the one of our coaches, David Knight, um, one of my really good friends. He uh, he actually fought pro for a while heavyweight he's got a couple belts but he hollered at me he's like hey he, he wanted he had a guy in the gym he wanted to teach a lesson to he didn't have anybody else to do it <laughs> so he called me because he knew i was spur of the moment kind of guy he's like hey right. come come teach this kid a lesson he's 19 years old he's got a big mouth on him okay done so i get in there and this kid was so hard to get a hold of because in, in reality anybody in my size i've never had a problem in my weight class mm-hmm uh, overpowering me for strength. Right. Um, I'm pretty slender, but as far as strength, like I could handle m- most people that or anybody that I've been, been against. And this kid sweated so much. It was like trying to grow. I, th- I thought he had, you know, baby oil on. I could not, <laughs> I could not control him. He was like a snake, dude. Every time yeah. I get a hold of him, he just slithered right out That's of that. Pretty gross. Yes, but it was, <laughs> man, it was frustrating. You yeah. know, I couldn't control him. That was my first one that I ever couldn't really just pin down and right. just get him. You know, yeah. Uh, then he ended up getting me and choking me out. So it sucked. <laughs> uh, so it was just kind of like a thing you went through. A uh, little phase. Yep. You didn't want to continue down the road. No, or? no, because I mean, my goal up there was. That was just kind of for fun. You know, my goal mm-hmm. up there was to make money, pay off some debt, and uh, land a real good job. Well, 
that turned into what I do now. Right. Um, I had a buddy that was in a line work and he put a good word for me. I actually did my interview over the phone from up there, which I did not like. I told that lady at the office I'd fly down if I needed to. She's like, no, nah, this is normal. We do this for people all over the country. So did my interview and that's when I moved back, landed that job as a lineman and been doing it ever since 13 years. Okay. All right. And we got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Yeah. I've seen the pictures. You know. <laughs> I didn't know if like how long you'd been into it or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it was just so. a little phase. I never never have asked you either. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I guess we just saved it for the podcast. I'm actually doing a little bit now with just because the gym we go to now, um, my girls do jujitsu mm-hmm. and so it's great for them. It's yeah. They're six and nine and uh the gym I go to they have boxing, kickboxing and everything. So I'm I've actually been uh, doing a lot of kickboxing here lately just for cardio because I hate running, yeah. you know. That's Are we going to see a, a, a resurgence of the cage fighting days? Is it kind of we're, we're supposed it kinda, to? Is it kind of putting you in a mood? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Last month we were supposed to in Oklahoma, but that didn't work out. Well, if you decide to, you definitely let us know. You I'm bet. Gonna, I'm going to come watch. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So back to the predator hunting. Uh, so we're we're with MFK now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you when did you get uh, hooked up with Kreiner? When did uh, all that happen? It was, I would say, because well, I mean, I guess we could five years. We could throw in a little bit of backstory. He's been years. using their diaphragms for a while. Yes, so, so that's kind of how you know there's some relations are mm-hmm. there Kreiner and mfk and everything yes. steve Kreiner for the folks that don't know yeah and, uh they used to be a sponsor for dog soldier tv mfk did and then you know we he just kind of really stopped using a lot of sponsors this and that right. and, and yeah. then uh just doing their own thing but he uh i knew of Kreiner. you know i started seeing more and more of Kreiner. um throughout the next couple of years from 2013. Well, man, I wish I should have wrote some of these dates down yeah, years. That's my that's thing horrible. Too. Um, but I guess seven years ago, I seen, there used to be a page on, uh, online and Facebook that was called Texas varmint hunting or Texas varmint hunting contest. Remember it was, uh, their logo was orange and black. And it was just, know. it was just a, basically a forum of showing right. you what dates, yeah, you know, contests. contests were. Well, I seen one and it was in Cross Plains. So I messaged the guy, his name's Jay Calloway. And he, he started the hand calling deal, yeah. the hand calling, Texas hand calling championship. Well, I messaged him and he wanted to hunt it with, well, he's hunting it solo. So I was going to hunt it solo. And it was a late, late one. I think even the big cat was already done that year late March. Well, I was going to hunt it solo. Then I just got to talking with him and I said, you know what? Just team up with me. Let's do this together. Clay Reed entered it that year. Very first one. And I think Clay ended up winning it. If I'm not mistaken. It got second. I don't remember. Well, after that, I started, I wanted, I wanted to grow it. Right. So he's the one that originated. Now we team, we're, we're partners in the kind of the mm-hmm. deal and I wanted to grow it. So the next year we, Moved it to Lubbock and Cross Plains, you know, try to get two of them. Right. Well, that didn't really work. After the Lubbock one, no one did the Cross Plain ones. So we just kept it at Lubbock. Right. So I think the third year 
I just happened to message Kreiner and asked him if he wanted to be a sponsor of this. So I sent him a flyer, blah, blah, blah. And he, he jumped on it. Like, I mean, right, right off the bat. Yeah. Just wanted, want to be part of everything. Yeah. He's seen it and was like, dude, this is right up my alley. Yeah. Hand calls. I mean, daylight, you know, that's, that's what he does. Right. So that's how I met him. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the following year that he come down. It might've been after that contest. He said, well, Hey, I'd, I'd like to come down and hunt also. Yeah. So he just messaged me and, um, we ended up, we ended up, I think we killed 17 that first trip down in two or three days. It was a good trip. Very good yeah. trip. And then the next year is when <gasps> he brought Stearman down. Yeah. That's when I met him. So that's how I got. And then what was it like four years ago? I think. So he used to have a pretty big, I say pretty big crew. I think there was like eight regulators. And then that kind of all fell apart. You know, cer- certain people wanted to do their own thing and right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. And so he swore he would never have another regulator. Right. It was just him and Stearman. Yeah. And then we got closer. We got closer. And he had a long talk with Stearman one day. And then they both called me and, yeah, and asked me to be a regulator for – Dog Soldier TV. So yeah. that's how I kind of got on with them. We're, uh, you're with MFK. You're a regulator. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the contest for a moment. Uh, Texas Hand Calling, what is it called? There's so many of them. Texas, Texas Hand, Hand Calling, Calling Championship. Championship. Let's talk about that. Let's give it, give me a little rundown on that for the folks that don't know. You know, maybe you don't even know what a contest is. Clay Reed runs the, they call it Texas State for short. Texas Cow Calling Championship. A lot of people call it Texas State. His is daylight hunt only. Now it's shotgun only. But his rules was the fastest 12. Well, that's how that's what Jay did to this um, originally. It's daytime only, but hand calls only. No electronics. Right. Uh, you can use a decoy, but nothing that makes sound on the speaker. Bringing back old school. Right. Like how we, most of us grew up. I know right. that there's, I mean, you got them sitting on the wall behind me yeah. of electronic calls for since what, the 60s? Probably. You know? I mean, that one's a record player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but I still like, my first e caller was um, a Fox Pro and it was, man, it was 2015 or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't wait to get one. Right. Because oh, there's yeah. a lot of days I was like, this sucks. We, <laughs> they know where we're at. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We got to get our sound away from yeah. us, you know? And, but a lot of that was just being a rookie and not knowing right. how to set up this and that. But yeah. I, it was always, it's not my fault. It's the college <laughs> fault. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. He won't stand still long enough. Yeah. <laughs> but so he, that's, that's where the rules originated from was a lot of Clay's hunt. Yeah. And, then we changed it after like three years because it wasn't growing as fast as we wanted to a weight contest. Of course, then we had everybody that could kill a lot. Yeah. Not like that, yeah. which, and I get it. I'm a hundred percent. I get it. Right. The weight is a, it's anybody's game. It's a flip of the coin. Like, you know, yeah. so in order to, and then I had a long talk with him and Steve and I was like, dude, we got to change it back to the fastest 12. Because if this is going to be a championship with buckles 
and the the sponsors that I'm getting, yeah, like we gotta get the best teams right. out here, yeah. and that was my goal, and Jay's as well was to get the best of the best right. hand caller around to to you know win that that buckle. So, and we've done a we've done a couple other things. You know, we'll have a filthy dog buckle, right. and that one is a flip of the coin. You know, I mean, you can't. There's right. no skill in calling a mangy coyote. Yeah. There's no skill in calling a heavy one. So, yeah. yeah, some heavy ones. I've killed younger, heavier coyotes than older, you know, ones that yeah. don't weigh as much. So that filthy dog, that's just a flip of the coin. That's luck of the deal. But it's yeah. it's a cool gift. It's a buckle. Hang on the shelf. Wear it, whatever. Yeah. So so it's a daytime only. Mm-hmm. One day only? or, is it, or? It's, it's two days. Well, it's a day and a half. So it starts Saturday, sun up to sundown, shooting times. You know, thirty minutes before and after uh, sunset, and then the next day the weigh-ins end at three o'clock at Lubbock. And it's mouth calls only. Mm-hmm. Seems like to me, if I was more into hunting contests, which I don't, it's just not my game. Those are the ones that I would want to do. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you know as well as I do, twenty-four hour contest, like big cat and whatnot. A lot of people, a lot of the times that turns in more. Some some nights turns more into a shooting contest over mm-hmm. a calling contest, mm-hmm. but especially the way Clay does it with the shotguns, which that's not going to be for everybody. Even the good some of the good mouth callers ain't going to want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's fine, but it seems like to me this it's you know it's really more of a calling contest, you know, than versus a shooting contest mm-hmm. when you start using utilizing mouth calls and especially with shotguns, like I said. Mm-hmm. But I mean. So, what are the plans for next year for that? You're going to change the rules? Or are you going to keep it the same? Yeah, Fast we'll keep the same. Or? Fastest 12. And uh, and then we have a side pot for most coyotes. So, if, after your 12th one, you can keep killing because that gives buckles away as well. Right. What, what did the numbers look like this year? What, did people struggle to get to 12 this year? Or was it um, still pretty normal? Lee and Hunter didn't the last three years. They've been... I mean, they've been taking the buckles home. <laughs> Last three years? What time? So do they have to say, like, you know, they start Saturday morning. Once they get to 12, they have to call you or whatever? Like, what no. Are the, what, are so the, what are the rules there? We do the card system. Um, it's a deck of cards. You just start with uh, ace and run up to queen. And then w- once you do that, then, like, your 13th count, you, you do the king. But I'm, I, we call the suits live on the Facebook page. Uh, random draw that uh like 30 minutes before you can start right. hunting have and y'all just, had any have y'all had anybody like almost tie to where you had to have a time frame not it on it usually we like, we we did that as a tiebreaker for time uh on the heaviest right, tie right there whoever mm-hmm. had the heaviest. so what time this year what time did they tell you what time they got done by it was right at sundown, like six thirty-two or something. Like the right yeah. as it's getting dark. Yeah, they they hit their twelve so on pretty day much one. All day. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's been time. I've heard of times on Clay's contest, people finishing within like two hours after start yeah, time. T- I think ten thirty-eight. Yeah, you know, that's, that's two and a half hours of hunting. That's pretty good. Which I mean, what a lot of people don't understand is some of this country out here holds a lot of coyotes, mm-hmm. which didn't seem like that it was that way this year, but. You know, some years, uh, that's pretty easily doable mm-hmm. on the right day. You know, as well as I do, some days it just ain't happening. You're going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. Then some days it's like, oh, I can just rub my fingers together and there's coyotes coming. That's right. 
What uh, what was the uh, team turnout this year? I think this year was twenty seven, if I'm not mistaken. Seemed like so. What what time time frame did y'all have it this year? January. January. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a lot of people this year was like, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. You know, which I mean, a lot of numbers were down this year, so a Big lot time. of guys kind of, you know, shot away from contests as much as. I'll I'll tell you how bad the numbers are this year. So. Me and Laramie's been hunting this contest the last two years. Uh, last year we got second. We we missed a coyote on day one. Our that would that was been our twelfth coyote. We we almost hit it last year. Um, this year hunted the same ranch and killed four coyotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough this year. Yes, as far as numbers, it is. It's it's real bad. So y'all would have rode through that same ranch last year, about the same time. Mm-hmm. It was did y'all kill? Did y'all kill a bunch of pairs or was it I singles? Think I, or? I think I killed two doubles, and that was it. But we're making quick stands, like it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not seven minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, we're running and gunning on on something like that. You know, yeah. especially on a timed hunt. Yeah. Or you fastest. just want the you want mm-hmm. the stupid ones. Yeah, so we're not. I'm not going to sit. Now, if one rolls in at one minute and another one rolls in at right. three minutes, yeah, and then another one rolls in or whatever, I'm gonna. I might wait another three, yeah. you know. Yeah. But if I'm I'm at five and then one rolls in at seven, that's it. Boom, we're picking him yeah. up and we're out. Yeah. So, yeah, they. I think we only hit two doubles last year. That was it. You know, last year we got we got snow here four different times, which is a lot for here. Uh, one of the, um, February, I think it was February snowstorms when most of these cows out here were paired up, I rode across this place, killing a bunch of cows and which I was sitting there thinking that's got to affect the numbers the next year. Cause I'm killing all these paired up cows and, uh, this year, this place, which I mean, it's good because we're trying to manage the whitetail, but this year, this place has been just, I mean, I rolled through. Typically, I'll go through there and hit the first cold front in October or whenever it happens, and I'll shoot a bunch of first-year pups for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, Everybody knows how much fun that is. This year, around our first cold front, somewhere around October, that week I killed 30-something cows off this ranch, which is pretty normal for that time of year. After that, though, I don't even see any cows, which is good for the deer mm-hmm. uh, or fun population should be much better this year but everybody's asking you know about the numbers so i'm just curious what about the bobcats have you noticed ever since so ever since the floods the bad floods happened Mm -hmm. four or five years ago now something like that ever since the floods the numbers haven't bounced back like they was i mean we can still go out and you know pretty much target a cat but it ain't like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like we've been out a few times this year trying to put one on film, and uh, hadn't happened yet. Which we've called them in, you know, because to put one on film during daytime, you know, as well as I do, uh, you're gonna call in. Number one, you're gonna call in way more than you see. Number two, it's just a matter of stands put in to mm-hmm. where you get that good one on film. We've been out a couple times this year. We hadn't done it yet. Which again, there was one time when I would pick up the call and a bobcat was sitting there just out of sight. But the numbers are definitely mm-hmm. way down. Like all my trail cameras and, you know, going out and calling here and there, it's numbers are way down. Which I kind of think 
So we had a we had a winter unlike we've had since I've been here. Like it was last way year. colder. Yeah. Last year, yeah. Way colder, way more snow in the the rats and the little varmints and stuff like that. And the rabbits still haven't bounced back, which I'm kind of thankful for myself. Mm-hmm. We actually have grass. Mm-hmm. But nothing out here is used to that kind of winter. It's used to the kind of winter we just had, which was not really a winter at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, y'all probably get a little bit more snow than we do in Lubbock, but you know, it's pretty mild winter like it was when I first got here. Mm-hmm. So you probably had a lot of s- small varmin, vermin die off last winter. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, you know, the people getting out and hunting those snowstorms because the coyotes out here aren't used to it. They're going to be up getting active, you know, after stuff like that. So I, w- I would imagine my personal opinion is probably more got killed last year because of that. Mm-hmm. And then you probably had much less being birthed because there was way less food for them to eat. And then we rolled right into a drought. <laughs> That's right. So I'm expecting next season to suck even worse myself. Yeah. I, I'm just, unless we start getting a lots of, lots of rain, the the pups that are going to be born, it's going to be tough for them to survive unless they're right up on top of water source. Yeah. I mean, and you're going to start seeing less and less stuff for them to eat, and they're going to start dispersing. So I think, my personal opinion, people think this season is bad. I think next season is going to be even worse, mm-hmm. which is going to be good for the deer. But it's not going to be very you know, fun. That, <laughs> it, it did. It, it put a lot of... Bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Uh, oh, yeah. Just man, I don't even want to do a contest. Well, and I only hunted two this year, um, mine and Texas State. That was it. Did y'all uh, y'all do any good? No. <laughs> we actually, so me and Laramie went and scouted two different ranches to make a decision which one we want to go on. I actually picked up some new dirt, um, east of my stuff in Spur, Kent County. And went out there, coyote tracks all over the place, um, made one stand mid-afternoon at 1 o'clock. It's hot just to see on the very edge mm-hmm. and called a double in. Killed, killed one of them at six yards. Yeah. I mean, come in stupid, just didn't right. even try the win. Yeah. So we're like, well, well this is it. Yeah. And just driving around, we see. saw several, several coyotes just, you know, driving through the places and that. And then, of course, you know how it is. You, that would have been the day to hunt. That was the... That's why I hate contests. <laughs> that was the day, Yep. I think, if we would have hunted that day, it would have been on oh, fire. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended up, I think it's two weekends later, go out there and I think we seen three, killed one, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. It's nothing of course, like- I'm going to give Laramie... Little grief on it because I keep telling him, dude, you gotta get some apex. Nah, man, I'm good. Because him and Nate, they've won Texas State with yeah. steel. Yeah, and everybody knows steel is the worst. But I think that's all they could get their hands on. Yeah, and I had several boxes at apex, and I'm like, dude, you gotta run these. And he shoots two coyotes, and we watched them just run away. Yeah, and it was it was thick stuff. It wasn't ideal, but I still like to give him crap. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. He's probably running some, like, <laughs> the cheapest crap. You can, I've been around his shotgun before. Yeah. Man, those Apex, they run good. They they put a tight group, and they, they break bones, dude. Yeah. They, well, they it's, tear it's, everything down. 
It's, you know, number one, it's tungsten. Mm-hmm. I keep telling everybody I know it's expensive. Now, if you're hunting a contest and you're being serious about hunting the contest, why wouldn't you run it? I mean, again, I know it's expensive. What It's probably even more expensive now because everything's gone up. But if the idea is to kill them, you know, it's better than not killing them, mm-hmm. the way I look at it. I, and I do too because, you know, let's say, let's say you spend 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Just to run that for that one contest, and then the contest itself is two hundred fifty. If you win, right, you're you're still doubling your money, right. And for me and Laramie, it, it really ain't about the money; it's about the hardware. But regardless, right, I, we still want it, and it don't bother me to spend a little bit just to yeah. if if it helps me get the yeah. you know the W. Yeah, what if you're just gonna go out and hunt right now? What would you be taking with you? Uh, what I'm running now is a. Six millimeter Creed, Dog Soldier Armory, Steve Kreiner builds guns. Mm-hmm. Um, impact action, which those are, man, they're smooth. Yeah. They're nice. Yeah, good action. Um, Gray Bow Stock. Mine, I like mine a little bit heavier. Um, I think that he's running Douglas barrels on them. So I think Gray Bow do- bottom metal also. But I run, I reload my own stuff. I run a 70 grain nozzle. Mm hmm. Um, it's pretty fast. I think at thirty six fifty is what I'm running those at. Yeah. So I can hold fur at four hundred or less. Right. A lot of people and as like those Douglas barrels are like three hundred fifty bucks, four hundred bucks. Yeah. It in the in the end, if I'm burning that barrel up in eight hundred rounds, maybe even less, and have to replace it in a year or two years, whatever it takes me to shoot that many. I shoot a lot more than most, but for the average person, they, yeah. they, they ain't going to burn that barrel up in no. two years, you know, but even then it's, well, you spend 400 bucks and respin another one and yeah, it, you're rolling. So, Barrels are expendable. Yes. hundred percent. I don't want to, I wouldn't say go get a proof or any carbon fiber one yeah. and just, just roll with it. And what twist, what twist does the barrel? It's a one and eight. One and eight. Mm-hmm. And I've loaded, 105 grains for my last yeah. PRS match, yeah. and it, it shoots in. It shoots the 87 VLDs great. Uh, that's what I used. I loaded. I had to slow it down because when I went to Alaska last year to shoot uh, lynx hunting, mm-hmm. I knew that 70 grain was just – I wanted to be a little bit easy on the fur. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found a good load with uh, the 87 grain VLDs and slowed them down to like 2,800 feet per second and – it did what I needed it to do. So that was a, if anybody ever gets a chance to go to Alaska or anywhere up north and shoot a lynx, I do not pass that up. Oh, we'll get into that here. In a second. Okay. <laughs> Cause I, I definitely want to do it. Yeah. So you're carrying your six creed. Mm-hmm. What call are you carrying? You just get to carry one. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry a, just one call. I'm gonna carry a MFK howler because I can do everything with that call. Right. I which can one, howl. Which one do you? Which one is your favorite? Um, probably the Mofo yeah. or the Competition Howler. The Mofo is, and it, it's it's a little bit easier to call it, and I yeah. think it's more uh, universal. Right. But if anybody's listening, I don't recommend using this all the time. If you just needed a howler, I'd get a howler. But if you wanted to run distress. But just to use one call, I can do bird sounds. I can do rabbit sounds. I can 
pup sounds, everything with right. that one howler. But when you do run rabbit, because you're using a lot more tongue pressure, mm-hmm. you you will stretch that reed out. And then in the future, it that howls ain't going to sound as good. That's really, that's about the only one I carry anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than some howls and pump distress, that's about all I use. Mm-hmm. So I'm not good enough to do all the stuff y'all do. I mean, well, I imagine anybody could be good enough to do certain things, but they just practice. That's it. That's all the bulls down to. I kind of just got to work and how good enough to do a few things that I thought felt like I need to do. Mm-hmm. Pump stress, and now I'm just kind of done with the diaphragms. So, what about shooting sticks or anything like that? What's your preferred carry there? Ooh, that's tough. Because there's so many out there nowadays. Yeah. I love the swaggers, just the way they are made, mm-hmm. the way they operate. They're steady. But then you have a tank on the side of your gun. Yeah. So it they are heavy. Pretty big. Um I've shot, you know, the bog pods, the adrenalines. Yeah. Those those are probably the easiest, lightweight. They snap on that uh QD attachment on your mm-hmm. gun. They adjust quickly. They're quiet. Yeah. I'd probably I'd probably have to go with them, the adrenalines. Just for the fact that they're lighter, they're easy right. to carry. Easy to mess with mm-hmm. i guess and they're the since they had three tiers on them you can stand and shoot with them right or kneel or sit down whatever yeah. you want to do they they adjust that much yeah so let's get into i'm glad you brought it up the length side <laughs> i want to hear all about it i mean i've seen the pictures and everything on facebook super jealous mm-hmm. uh i would love to do that someday where so I can't give out too much because I've had a lot. I knew it'd come, but I had a lot of people asking. And you don't have to tell exact places <laughs> okay. or anything like that. No, you don't. Basically, you don't say anything you don't want to do. Yeah, as far as that goes. But how did that come about? You just wanted to go kill one, or I did. You know, I wanted to kill a wolf, which that was just going to be yeah. icing on the cake. But my goal was to kill a lynx. Yeah. Um, you can buy a wolf tag up there. I think you're allowed ten of them. And they're, I don't know. They're like. 60 bucks a piece, I think. How much but was the links? It, it come with your regular hunting license. Okay. So, it was so how much? 160 bucks. So, out of town? Out of town, out of state. So, that like a week or a year? That's a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that ain't bad at all. No. It's it's really an affordable trip. I mean, most of it's just travel and food and right. stuff like that. I do recommend... <laughs> good one, clothes? Good clothes and, <laughs> and, and do some... Do, to be honest which I have a buddy in the Navy SEALs and he's, he's the guy that I took up there. And the reason I took him is because he's been trained in those situations, in that weather. He's been trained in Alaska up there in probably worse conditions. But I knew we'd be off in the bush and you never know. I didn't want to go up there and just be bopping around by myself because it's, it's really dangerous. Right. Yeah. You don't want to get caught out there by yourself. So uh, that's why I wanted to bring him. Anyways, we, 160 bucks, you get a uh, out of state license. You know, you buy your plane ticket. I think it, I caught it at enough. It was 400 bucks. So, depending on if you have someone to stay with or whatever, I actually have a buddy up there. So, that saved right. me a lot of time or money in the uh, long run for, you know, bet, uh, room and board. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he didn't, he didn't ever go with us. Uh, we did take a, after we ended up shooting one, we, just kind of hung out and went to his cabin and stuff, but uh, did a little calling. But 
yeah, day one, we he loaned us a truck, and I think it was on the and that time of year you only get five and a half hours of daylight, so it, it gets daylight at like ten thirty in the morning, and then it's dark at three. That's 3:30. crazy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> That's crazy. And the further north you go, it's yeah, it's hardly any. You know, so they. Do they allow any kind of night hunting with thermals or lights or anything? No thermals. No, no thermals. thermals. I, I tried, tried. And the, the way it's wrote in it's the weird. rules, it, yeah. And so I actually just called the game warden and told right. him. And he was just like, well, uh, I'm just going to say no. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So day one, uh, we get up there. We get all you know, hooked up with my buddy. He loaned us a forerunner. Day one, we get up. And I kind of had a vicinity where I knew – the area just for me being up there working. But when I lived there, I didn't do any predator hunting. Oh. I know. Don't, don't I, you just wish you could oh take all that back? Goodness. You yes. lived up in one of the Meccas. Yes. Didn't even <laughs> yes. Didn't even know it. And cause I did, I lived up there in the winter time all the way through December and I could, I could have been killing a lot of them. Yeah. But, and that's, that's one reason why I don't want to go back. I was like, I, I missed my opportunity back then. So I'm going to do it now. Yeah. So we go and, we're trying to cut, you know, I'm just finding good spots and there's, there's really no hardly getting off the beaten path. Right. Because so, I mean, what's the temperature, how much snow is on the ground? Bunch of snow up to, I mean, you could have places up to your waist yeah. um, and it was actually a mild winter compared to what they're used to. Yeah. Um, there gets to a point though, where the snow's so deep and you know, it kind of, it'll freeze and then, you know, gets, so you can still walk on it. But there are several places. Most of it was about knee high or about, you know, mid thigh. Yeah. We, our our goal was just work this road, and find good spots that look catty, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna treat it just like I'm hunting bobcats. Yeah. They're the same, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Just a different world yeah. up there. What's the temperature? Twenty below. Twenty below. <laughs> Fifty might have to put on I think some pants it, for that. I think one. it warmed up that week to. I think 12 below, but it got down to, there's one morning it was 27 below. Is it, what's the wind like? Is it calm? Hardly or? any. Oh, where, that, where we're at, it's going to help a lot. Mm-hmm, where we're at, it's, it's kind of in a hole and we did travel out further North and mm-hmm. did get on a summit. I don't, can't remember what summit that was, but it was, it was kind of windy up there. But other than that, it's, it's like a less than five. Mile an hour, yeah. so it's it's barrel. If if it was windy, it would be be pretty mm-hmm. be pretty brutal. But yeah, most most of the time, I mean, it warm up during the day to fifteen below or whatever. It's it's really if you're if you're prepared for it, right? Um, it's not that bad because I I actually had some custom made mittens, coat mm-hmm. coat fur on the back, yeah. bobcat on the bottom, yeah. really sweet, warm and. There are several stands, and I'm just wearing wool liners underneath. There are several stands. I'd take that off. Of course, I did. also wanted to take it off in case right. I was surprised and yeah. didn't want to have to make that move. And I was able to just sit there for on stand for, you know, 45 minutes mm-hmm. with, with just a wool liner. So you are just uh, you're traveling down a certain road. You're, are you looking for tracks and we are. Looking, looking for good-looking spots? Good-looking spots and tracks. And so most of them we just find, like, oh, that looks pretty catty. So we'd. Park the truck, get off in there. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of them stands, it took longer to get to the spot. Yeah. I mean, we're walking in, you know, deep snow and then make a forty five minute stand, it's taking longer to get out of there. 
but most of the time we we did cut several tracks full on the fourth stand it's probably and you know each stand is taken anywhere from an hour to because we're sitting there 45 minutes minimum yeah from that to an hour and a half yeah so in a five and a half hour day we're only making about four or five stands (laughs) so four stand we pass a river frozen river and i just kind of look off to the left and i was like i just seen a some tracks yeah so we turn around park the truck get off in there the wind wasn't ideal but again i'm treating it like i'm hunting bobcats yeah Uh, i'm not saying you don't have to worry about the wind because they do go downwind yeah but it's not the end of the world right i'm okay with you know the wind not having it right yeah so we go down there and on the way in i cut two lynx tracks and a wolf track I can't tell how fresh they are, but they're very good tracks. Right. And my hand to it is, I mean, it, it, it almost took my hand up. The more right. tracks did. I'm blown away. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy falls down the hill, making all sorts of racket. <laughs> and we just cut two tra- or three, three different tracks. And I look mm-hmm. back and I'm like, I'm trying not to laugh, you know, and there's, it's so quiet out there. Yeah. There's, you can hear everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, just like anything, you know, you slam the car door, you're just like, well, the stand's over. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. He's falling. He's making all, he's putting snow all over his gear. And I help him up. <laughs> I'm like, I thought you were a Navy SEAL, dude. You're not even, <laughs> you're not even athletic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we get down there and I think it was 11 minutes in. I'm, I'm running my, my e-caller. I actually, no, I take that back. I started out with hand calling for the first four minutes. And then I swap over to my e-caller. And I have my buddy on his on my right. And we're we're looking off into that frozen river that I saw tracks. We're backed mm-hmm. up against the seed, uh, black spruce trees. And next thing I know, I just happen to see something to my left. And I freeze. And then it, it moves a little further out into the river. Heading, you know, straight in front of us. Yeah. Don't know. Don't have a clue where where we are. Yeah. And I look to my left, and there's a huge lynx standing on top of the snow, like barely making footprints in it. Right. And it this snow is up to our thighs. Yeah. For us to walk through. Yeah. And he is floating on top. Yeah. And I my I'm I wanted to bring a camera <laughs> so yeah. bad on this That'd trip. Pretty awesome. But I kept telling myself, I'm like. I do not want to screw up this. I was like, next yeah. time I go, yeah, I'll yeah. bring a camera. I've, I, I accomplished my goal. So I stopped the, stopped the caller and keep in mind, I shoot left-handed. So yeah. my gun is facing towards the caller. And for, in order for me to move to yeah. my nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, it's not happening without getting busted. Yeah, I am ambidextrous. So though I've made those shots before. Right. He he proceeds, he kind of hunkers down, scurries a little bit on the snow, about 10, 15 feet, stops again. So I shoulder to my right, just just kind of lean over, and I drop him 18, 19 yards away. Oh, it would have been nice to have a camera. I know. And it took me a second. Oh, yeah. I'm first day, fourth stand, like to gather this all in. <laughs> I mean, I... I look at my buddy, Jake, and I'm like, 
can you believe that? And he's, he saw it all. Like he, yeah. he, and he's, he had, he hadn't done much uh, predator hunting, but he, he was all over this hunt. Yeah. So we get it. And this is the biggest cat I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm blown away how they float on top yeah. of that snow. It's unreal. And which makes sense. I'm like, you know, you see them on videos, they're running, they're chasing rabbits. And I'm like, how do they not, you know, break yeah. through that? It's because this is a 40 pound cat. Yeah. You know, and it actually, that was a, they get bigger. They get yeah. 50 pounds up there. Yeah. And his paws, you know, I took a picture on my hand and it, it yeah. just, you couldn't see my palm yeah. at all. There's fur on the bottom. You mm-hmm. couldn't even see its pads. It's, it's completely unreal how they live in that and how they maneuver through all that snow. Yeah. So we get done. We actually took a break after that and ate some mountain house and out of the back of the truck and, <laughs> you know, just living the dream. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. It uh, takes a lot of pressure. It does. I was, I was blown away. And of course he's stoked and we <laughs> go back, you know, just enjoy the evening with my, with my other buddy where we're staying. And next day we get up, let's rock, rock and roll. We're going to stop where we well, actually, the last stand of the day, we saw some other tracks. We got down there with a lot of them was uh, moose and, Made a stand and it we did we sat there and called till it, we couldn't see anymore. Get up and we head to the house. Next morning, I said we'll just start right here and work further down this road. Well, as we're driving by, that's that last stand. I see two sets of tracks that wasn't there yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, which there's a good twelve hour window there. Yeah, and you know, hunting wolves like you you got to get off. You you really need a snow machine to get off in there and the trying to chase them like 12 hours, they're probably 20 miles away. Yeah, you yeah. know, they travel so much. And so, but we went ahead and made that stand just see what happened. But there was two fresh tracks for over, over the top of ours mm-hmm. from the day before we didn't call nothing in. Uh, I used a lot of, you know, coyote pup and coyote fights and stuff. Try to get a little aggressive, but uh, didn't see nothing on that one. Make it about, I don't know, 20 miles. We're, and we're kind of, we're driving a little bit, you know, we're being real selective with our stance. We're not just, this ain't contest of, Oh, that looks good. Oh, let's just pull over every mile. I mean, we're, we got a lot of country up there to to hunt. So we go and, uh, very last stand it couldn't have got, if, if you picture the cattiest place, I mean, you've, you've been on hundreds of ranches and you're like, Ooh, that looks catty. Ooh, that looks catty. (laughs) Picture the best, stand scenario yeah where you have a little bit open real thick draws a frozen creek running through i mean just i i took pictures of the place and we get in there and there's this little rolling knoll and kind of a about a five foot drop off well i told my buddy to sit and just watch that direction and then i get over this little two-track road we had walked in on i sit on the other side so he's at my back. I can't even look over this hill that I'm sitting on top of. And I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling. And it's getting close to dark. And I was like, man, it's been like 23 minutes and we're running out of daylight. And I was like, man, we might as well just pick up and leave. Well, I stand up. And I think this is the fifth stand of the second day, last one. So I stand up. And as soon as I do, my sticks are still in the snow. I stand up and I, and I threw my rifle on my shoulder and I look over at him, and I didn't even get to to his direction, and I'm like, I freeze because there's a lynx 
staring at my e-caller, and it's like 40 yards from me. Yeah. And I look at him, and he's not even, he don't see it. <laughs> so me, of course, I'm just like, I got to shoot it. It's going to yeah. get away, you know? <laughs> so I, I knew that I couldn't get back down on my sticks and yeah. get them out and make them too much racket. So I just try to freehand shot, shoot this lynx, and I miss. And I'm not the best shot in the world, but <laughs> it blew my mind how I missed. Yeah. Which, you know, most close shots are the ones you miss, yep. and it's the long ones that you're like, oh, no big deal. Well, I miss, but he, as soon as he sees me throw my gun up, he looks in that direction. I miss. This lynx didn't give two cents my direction and proceeds to go to the collar. So he... <laughs> He just hunkers down and gets real quick yeah. on the snow, heading towards the collar. And that's when he see. I guess he cleared that little drop, right. and he could see him, and then he smokes him, puts him down right there. And looking back at it, I'm, I, if I were to ever be glad that I ever right. missed, yeah, that's that it. Yep. I've never been okay with missing yeah. ever until that, that moment. Yeah. That, that's probably going to be the only one. Unless I shoot something, and then my my kids will shoot it, you know, yeah. or shoot at something. But yeah, I'm so glad I missed because we didn't we didn't see another lynx or yeah. anything the rest of the trip. But we went up there. We did what our goal was set out yeah. to be. We were allowed to, so if you ever go, you're allowed to. But we we hunted a lot. But it put the the stress. The rest of the trip was great. We still called, but enjoyed ourselves. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't it's a different. very struggle because I've I've been on trips where you hunt and you hunt and you hunt and you might get that done the very yeah. last day and yeah. it 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 makes it puts that weight in your shoulders. Like, oh yeah, it, it's hard to deal with. Yeah. But with us getting it done the first two days, it it couldn't have been a better trip. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a great ending to it right there. Man, it yeah. We did. We made we we got to meet some cool people. We took my buddy's uh, snow machines out later and the rest of the week and went out to his cabin. That's like, it's like a 45 minute snow machine ride. No, I mean, living off the grid. Yeah. Like he's got a generator out there, but like there's, there ain't no running water, but it is by a Creek. And we, we ended up going down to one of these trappers that he knows and got to just talk to a trapper. And that's what he does in the winter. That's his livelihood. And coming up to his house, I mean, there's just carcasses, frozen carcasses all lined his, <laughs> around his house. He had everything from wolverine to huge black wolves. Uh, it is unreal the amount of fur that he puts up. Of course, he's running, you know, 60, 70 miles of trap line a day. Man, mm -hmm. that's a lot of work. But I learned a lot from him just, you know, because yeah. I like to trap and yeah. I picked his brain and uh, my buddy got to, you know, we got to buy some fur off of him. It's pretty neat. Man, that sounds like a good time. It was. I'm going to have to do it. going to have to do it for sure. Yeah, and, you know, I had a lot of people. I knew it was coming, but my buddy that let us live there, he was like, I, I told him, I said, dude, as soon as I post this picture, people are going to be wondering and how and what. Dude, the, the messages came like full flood, which, yeah. and I don't mind sharing any of my information. My buddy's just worried that a bunch of Texans are going to be coming up every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It is but possible. Not figure but, out but I was like, dude, there's so much land up here, yeah. you know, and, and, it, and it pretty much just didn't just about anywhere up there you can it, hunt. It is. Um, 
I mean, people do own land, but I don't remember the percentage. It's, it's government oh, land. Right. And yeah, yeah you, you go where you want pretty much. And that's what I tell people. Like, it's no secret. I was up in Fairbanks when I went on that lynx hunt. But yeah. there's so much land around there. Like, I, I could right. give you a direction and you could go to the same spots I did and not have luck. Or you could kill right. twice as many. I, yeah. I don't know. Did y'all see any coyotes at all or anything we, like that? We didn't. We heard some and it wasn't very far from my buddy's house. Uh, and there's a bunch of red Fox up there, dude. That's what I was. I mean, we've, I've killed a red Fox here, but yeah. up there in It'll the winter time, they're, <laughs> the fur is unreal. And we, we pursued, we made several stands for them and, you know, called call close to a golf course where yeah. I've actually seen them when I lived there. We didn't, we didn't see anything else. Not one more predator. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Glad we got it done when we did. Oh yeah, it was Sounds like an awesome trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, couldn't have, probably couldn't have asked for it to go any better, mm-hmm. other than maybe killing a wolf. Like just put the icing on. The mm-hmm. there. That's my next trip. Yeah, I know where they're at. It's on my it's on my to do list. I don't know when we're gonna have time to go do it, but mm-hmm. that might have to be mine, Brooks. Honey, it's say Alaskan honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, she might as well get ready. It's gonna be a hunting trip. I'm just saying it right now. Be a good place to do it. Can I drive? You can. It takes. <laughs> I don't want to fly. I know it's a long drive. It's, mm-hmm. It would be pretty neat to drive up there, though. I like driving. Well, it is I a don't really like good... driving. I like going in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you hate flying. <laughs> hate flying. Well, you can't see nothing. Other than... How many times have you been on a plane? Two or three. And twice. I think both of them with with me, right? Yes. It wasn't that bad. I, just, I would rather drive. Yeah, and you know, mo- like I said, most people don't have that, you know, buddy like I do that that could loan them a car, right. truck, whatever, yeah. and and a place to stay. So if if you're going, I mean, you're gonna have to rent a truck. Yeah, which, you know that that price does go up. So oh, I'm sure it's pretty expensive mm-hmm. up there, and everything a little bit higher up there. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's some more stuff I'd like to get into. I'm gonna save all that for next we're gonna get you back out of here at some point okay the the whole the next one i want to do over like vocals and stuff like that okay so we'll save that for another one so we're pretty (laughs) much wrapping this up thanks sterling for coming out and bsing with us you bet and we'll see y'all guys next time